but I am eating gummies and they're delicious. So maybe I won't come down. Maybe I'll just get a sugar high. Sugar oh high. Exactly. Da, 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 never to get by. <laughs> Remember sugar when Remember when, when Renee Zellweger was in Empire Records listeners and then she denied it and said that like that never happened or like she forgot about that? No, I do not remember that. She's a ridiculous person for that. that. Makes me mad. Makes me mad too. Makes me mad too all the time. That was like so my favorite movie for so long. (laughs) Do you remember when we got the extended DVD release and we watched the extended version and it made no sense? And we were like, why is this happening? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very excited for today. This is a formative, formative show for the both of us. And actually, I mean, a show that you, I know, and and I I mean, a show that you've rewatched like quite a bit, but a show that I had not probably rewatched at all since it was on until this morning. So I'm only a few episodes deep, but it was enough to like remind me of how much I loved it. So listeners, today we're going to be talking about It's a Different World. (laughs) From where you come from. First of all, and I know, Mia, like you will definitely be on the same page with me about this. I miss TV theme songs. That's first of all. Gotta name that. I miss the days when TV shows had theme songs. Second of all, TV shows that had multiple versions of their theme song Mm. were on some other shit. And A Different World is no... Yeah, it was a major flex. So A Different World, Growing Pains, you had like the ballad version, you had like a more upbeat version. We have never... You and I have not talked about the Growing Pains. Of it all? Of it all. Like the very... (laughs) Wow. Wow, we will have to talk about that. We will. I mean, we will be speaking about Leo DiCaprio's entire oeuvre. So Growing Pains will be visited. We will make yeah. a visit to Growing Pains Land, but yeah, different world, iconic fucking theme song, and multiple versions, right? Mm-hmm. I can think yeah, of at least so two. Yeah, so I'm the idiot who didn't know until I think maybe last year, maybe I'll give myself some grace, maybe it was like the last few years, <laughs> that Aretha Franklin sang the theme song for the majority of the series, so... Yes, the more insert, upbeat version. Yeah, so insert season two. Hey! <laughs> Debbie Allen has been brought on as like creative lead over the show um, because uh, it was revealed that apparently Cosby didn't know what he was doing and portraying an HBCU. Debbie Allen went to Howard University, so she was brought on to like black it up and make it like a real HBCU experience. Interesting. And then they brought on Aretha Franklin as the singer. Now, then complicating matters, Colonel Taylor whose actor name is, I think, Glenn Thurman. I think that's mm-hmm. his name. He was married to Aretha Franklin. What? And they were divorced before the show. So, Whoa. you know, I'm, you know so I'm always thinking about, like, connections. And I'm imagining yes. a writer's room where, you know, like, whatever. And then <laughs> they're doing a table read. And Glenn's like, hey, you know my ex-wife? Like, she could probably sing this. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Aretha's Aretha on the track. connection. <laughs> Exactly. They're like, do you, are you guys on good enough terms? Like, are you good enough to ask her for us? And then there that was. And she tore it the fuck up. Yes. That did. is my preferred version of the theme song, TBH. Yeah. I like and the first one, too, the nice. first season one. But I'm mostly no- I like it because Jaleesa is like is doing double Dutch. 
Oh, I love her. In the in the um, opening credits, and I love that. Jaleesa, I forgot, but upon rewatching the pilot, I was like, oh, gay origins. She was partly gay origins for me. So yeah, yeah. I haven't even allowed myself to go there. <laughs> but there's, I mean, there is also Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet. There's a lot happening. Is a thing. It's a whole thing. I mean, the series was so much better without her, which is like, which is like a whole other thing. I'm glad that she like left. I ha- I have so many questions for you because you have a much more recent sense of like the show as a whole. But um, yes. stepping back, what is a different world as a show? So it is um, a show that <laughs> debuted in the late '80s and it featured an iconic black cast spun off from the similarly iconic Cosby Show, yes. now in infamy, mm-hmm. and followed. Uh, their second, the Huxtable's second daughter, Denise Huxtable, on her journey to college. She went to her dad's alma mater, fictional alma mater. Hillman, the, the combination of Howard and Spellman. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, they actually filmed a lot of A Different World at Spellman and at Clark what? Atlanta. I didn't so know two that. two iconic HBCUs in the ATL area like the um like any exteriors that they had um I'm not sure how far that goes okay but I was but I was reading today that they interesting on those campuses and so it follows Denise as like a spinoff show and I can just imagine like the behind the scenes drama of all of this but then in in Lisa Bonet just a moment for Lisa Bonet and her awesomeness Mm. But in Lisa Bonet's um, personal life, she was dating Lenny Kravitz. Oh, God bless. I believe they, I be- I believe they married. <laughs> God bless. She quickly, she quickly became with child. God bless the gene pool. God bless. They're at, they're for ruining her lily white image mm. in Bill Cosby's mm. mind. So he mm. told her, he told her there can be a, pre- <laughs> there was some quote that was like, yes! there can be a, there can be a pregnant Lisa Bonet, but there could not be a pregnant Denise Huxtable. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. Oh Denise Huxtable is not. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading that today. So she left the show and then reenters the Cosby show though. Like, so they, the, the spinoff no longer works because she had to leave second season and they bring her back to the Cosby show uh, with a naval officer husband and a stepdaughter named Olivia, who we all now know as Raven Simone. Um, but in the background of all of this, a different world went on. You know, carried on a new story with new leads. The iconic Jasmine Guy mm-hmm. playing Whitley Gilbert. Whitley. Whitley. <laughs> Whitley Gilbert. And Whitley. I love, I have to say, so I just watched, um, I'm only a few episodes deep in my rewatch, but it's so funny how literally almost every character at some point does a Whitley impression. <laughs> but that's how iconic her performance was, like, immediately. You know what I mean? No, she's, she's a fucking queen. Like, honestly. That Southern accent like, like, is like like, like, like... like, I could watch it and be critical of the fact that at the time, you know, to be a romantic lead on television as a black person meant you had to, you know, pass the paper bag test and be pretty fair-skinned. I mean, even in Lisa Bonet's casting... I've never heard that expression. Oh, it's a historical thing. Like, they used to actually hold up a paper bag, and if you were darker than a paper bag, like... What? You were were treated very differently and under the law. I didn't know that. Wow. Jasmine Guy is as white-seeming passing as they come as a black actress. And Mm. I don't give a fuck, because I love that girl. And... (laughs) (laughs) 
She is fucking iconic. So, she really is. I'm not going to like, you know, get all in my feelings about colorism right now. I'm just going to like enjoy a different world for what it is, which is a beautiful show with this beautiful love story at the center watching Whitley and Wayne. Dwayne Wayne. Played by Kadeem Hardison, who is from Brooklyn. Oh, 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 Kadeem Hardison. Kadeem Hardison, who, by the way, is fine as fuck. Like, he really I, is. Like, and I had a rewatch. crush on him as a kid. So I didn't until an adult. I was an adult. Like, I mean, like, I liked their love story because it was, like, cute or whatever. But then as an adult, I was like, hot damn. Like, he's making me, like, all, like, oh. Let's skip ahead. <laughs> um, okay, so, no. I love him because he's, like, everything I would want in a male romantic partner. Aww. Like... No, I mean, some of it's not great. Like, if you actually watch it closely, like, he's kind of a chauvinist. And, um, like, I love, he, he calls her woman sometimes when he's mad at her. He's like, don't try me, woman, you know? And I'm like, yes, yeah. keep me in check, daddy. Mm. And, um, <laughs> losing it. Yeah. And, um, he like cheats on her sort of before they get before, before they get married. He likely has colorism issues because like the whole premise of the show is that like she's like the, the most obnoxious Southern Belle with this voice that like makes you want to like scratch your eyes out. <laughs> and like he loves her and he's into her anyway because of her ravishing white proximate beauty. <laughs> so like he's definitely a problematic character. His middle name is Cleophis. What? <laughs> Not even wait. How would you spell Cleophis? How would you spell it? With an F. Oh, wow. With, with like an F in the middle, like F is in Frank Cleophis. That's what is that, that's, is that, that's your natural inclination. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, I was expecting it to be a Cleo PH, a Cleophis. Holy a shit. But it's not. You're absolutely correct. It is a Cleophis <laughs> with an F, which I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like. <laughs> Oh, you know, and you know who his mom is? His mom is played by the iconic Patti LaBelle. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So it's just a star-studded cast. It sure is. It's one of the first, it's one of the first roles that Jada Pinkett had when she was coming on the scene. There's an entire season where, like, Tupac makes multiple appearances. What? (laughs) You have to watch, I mean, you're just kidding. You you basically have to watch the whole thing because it's like. Each season it has its gems. It's freaking amazing. Marissa Tomei is in season one, which I know you're watching. Obviously, now. obviously, it's just it's just, just jam packed with all this goodness. Like, I do yeah. think it's hilarious that they have Marissa Tomei, like Miss Fucking Brooklyn '88, playing like she's from Minnesota. <laughs> and she and, and, so, and her voice and is her so accent annoying. Is like, her accent is so, like her Brooklyn accent definitely comes out at some points, and I'm just like, why are y'all trying to pretend she's from Minnesota? This is absurd. You know what that actually just reminded me of? Now I need to go back and watch her on that because I'm actually supplanting her voice here with her voice from that movie with Christian from the movie with Christian Slater, Untamed Heart. Oh, where she also plays like a Midwestern. Oh, okay. Character where she tries to sound like, and she sounds like. Jamaican, Minnesota, Bobby's World mom, you know? Jamaican? <laughs> you never thought that Bobby's World mom sounded Jamaican? No, please, 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 please demonstrate. You've never heard this? What is no, I've, this? No, I've heard, no, I've, I've heard Bobby's mom on Bobby's World, <laughs> and I used to do that voice all the time, but never Don't made you know? the Jamaican. Like you, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> Gee, golly, Bobby. Don't you know? 
Gonchanel. Gonchanel. <laughs> All right, I guess it's not that different. You know what's funny? So, like, sidebar, my friend Charlie is a dialect coach. And yeah. he explained to me once how, like, the Irish accent and the Jamaican accent are very close. Yeah. And that there are, like, there are, like, reasons for that, you know. Yeah, maybe um, slavery, right? Probably, maybe. like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Not that, like, I feel like, it's funny, I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm just like, did Ireland, like, colonize jack shit, like, ever? <laughs> I mean, I know Ireland's been, like, colonized, like, obviously, by the UK. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know enough about Irish history. Anyway, that's actually that's actually um, interesting. I don't I don't feel informed enough to comment on this. But I remember a friend of mine a long time ago trying to explain to me that, and I would I think he was specifically talking about Irish people, not Irish American people, but that there is a mm. lot of shared, what's the word? How do I say pain or shared trauma? Trauma uh, between Irish people and Black people, having huh. both been colonized. Mm-hmm. You know, by the UK, it's the extent you can colonize when you're a white nation colonizing another white nation. But you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> At um, a time when I guess Irish people weren't considered white, so you know, I mean, it's all very. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's funny. I even think about like when my parents were growing up, and I'm just like, yeah, Irish and Italian people like were still like newly white. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> What's that like? I want to interview them. It's like, so What's bizarre. It like to be like a yeah, new yeah. white. The new yeah, white. I know. <laughs> What's it's like? like it's like nouveau, nouveau riche. Is that what it is? It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like new yeah. money. <laughs> it's like nouveau blanc. <laughs> but, but I feel like all it does is take like a generation or so. For real, you know, For like, real. I feel like you, like you identified as white your whole life, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's like no, there's no memory, but it, but it does. I, I mean, like this is way, way going off topic, but like, but I do think it informs a lot of why it was so hard for my dad to, my dad to like get on board with the idea that he is privileged as a white man. You know mm. what I mean? Because I, I think that had something to do with it, and the fact that like my parents both grew up in like deep, deep poverty, like my dad yeah. especially. Um, so I just think he didn't ever want to like believe that he ever had like any sort of edge over anybody. Yeah. Um, but now he's finally, he's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, it took him a while, but like he got there. Um, yeah. But, but did yeah, you ever, did you ever feel inferior as a white person? Not because I'm like Irish Italian. Okay, good. No. Um, I mean, I did at times feel that way because my family didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, like there were certain, you know, people that I felt, you know, not enough around, especially when I went to college. Um, mm-hmm. But then uh, but then my I feel parents, like college like, fucked yeah. up our whole friend group. Like, I feel like we all thought like, oh, we're doing OK. Oh, yeah. And then we got to college. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think <laughs> I've, I've said from the sky. Right. I th- I think that I like I've I've uh, articulated this to you before, but like, uh, and this will bring us back to a different world because different world college. college. There but you like, go. But um, <laughs> I feel like I've articulated this to you before, but I felt like I knew what rich was before I went to college, and then I went to college, and I was like, oh no, this is rich. Like, <laughs> no, exactly. That's rich. what I'm saying. Yeah. We all we all we yeah. all got reset around it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's go back to college. <laughs> Different world. In a different world. I could spend the whole time talking about Whitney and Dwayne. So unless we're ready to go there, I feel like we should have a <laughs> well, more general treatment about the I mean, impact. And I can I can speak to like my my personal associations with the show as a child. And first of all, I also just want to say that 
from my perspective anyway, I feel like this was like late 80s, early 90s to me was like very much a golden era of black television. Like you just had a lot of really amazing black TV shows. Also, a different world. There are like certain shows that I associate with being really little and like it being after school and watching them after mm-hmm. I did my homework mm-hmm. as like dinner was being cooked kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a very visceral memory of watching like a different world, uh, say by the bell, different strokes, like all the stuff that was on at that time in front of the TV in the living room and smelling pork chops in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a very visceral shake and bake memory. Of that. So that's wonderful because I have a yeah. similar memory. You do? Although mine, although mine is decidedly more sad. So oh, no. a, different, a, diff, a different world and Cosby Show came on on Thursdays. And mm. Thursday evenings were the nights that our cleaning lady, that she would come clean. And so typically she started upstairs and then would go downstairs, I think was the order. So like I would still be doing my homework, like to your point, eating dinner, whatever. But then by the time a Cosby show and a different world would come on, she'd be working downstairs. So we would have to all go up to my parents' room and kind of just like hibernate in there. Because like, Mm. you know, like the other parts of the upstairs were still drying and she was now like mopping the floors downstairs or whatever. And so I just have all these memories of like watching a different world, like in my parents' bedroom, Mm -hmm. like the three of us just like huddled in front of like, you know, and these were, this is when TVs were pretty tiny. So like. It was a tiny little TV, and we're just kind of, like, huddled there, like, watching. With the knob. Meanwhile, like, the smell of cleaner is, like, all strong throughout the house. So, like, for me, the smell I smell is, like, Windex. (laughs) It's, like, Windex in a different world every Thursday. Pork chops in a different world. (laughs) Yeah. The two two different experiences. Yeah, visceral memories. Uh, Also, I feel like it was another show like Degrassi, that is newly getting recognition, at least according to Tumblr, for it going there on certain topics, like consent and stuff like that. There was this, there was this scene, I think it was Sinbad and Dwayne Wayne, and Dwayne Wayne. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's who he was talking to. And he's like, he he was basically like imparting a lesson about consent and how, like, unless she says yes, like it's a no, basically. Yes, yes. So, yeah, that got a lot of attention a couple years back on the Tumblr. Yeah. In later seasons, they focused on the Rodney King verdict and um, the L.A. riots that ensued after that. It's just a good watch. Yeah. It's a good show. And it's like delightful and funny, like from day one, because I was expecting the pilot to be awkward as fuck. And it wasn't. It was like. I, it was great. To be honest with you, I have not seen season one in forever. Like, maybe over 10 years, maybe not even then. Maybe even longer. Like, I, I just don't even I act like it doesn't exist. It's kind of like Dawson's Creek season five and six. I just am <laughs> like, that's not the show. Well, that's what's funny about, like, when I was watching it this morning, I'm just like, this is probably, Mia probably does not recognize this, like, as the show, as as we know it. Yeah, no, no, no. I I prefer to watch seasons three, four, and five, because that's where things between Dwayne and um, Whitney heat up. Yeah, that's when things heat up. Can you tell me the arc? Because I don't remember it. Is that crazy? Yes. So, like I said, you know, technically Dwayne Wayne is trash, because basically 
He's pine. He pines for Denise, and then she disappears. And so he's like, "Well, where's another high yellow person I can just like fall in love with?" And <laughs> and he falls in love with Whitley. Most of season three is them establishing a friendship um, that's supposed to be like shocking because he's still really nerdy and she's still this like out of touch Southern Belle who is like intergenerationally wealthy and. Um, I don't know. She's just supposed to be someone we're not supposed to like as a character, even though I love her. I think it might be Sinbad and Jaleesa. Like, they get engaged. What? Um, and later <laughs> in the series, I think it's season three, they get engaged, and Whitley and Dwayne are, like, tasked with, like, prepping, like, you know, either the actual ceremony or, like, the bachelorette and bachelor parties and things like that. And that leads to them just talking about like what they would want in a serious romantic partner. And he asks her some question like, you know, like, like exactly like that. Like, what would you want in a partner? And she's like, oh, you know, someone hardworking, determined, like all of these like, you know, great, you know, sort of like industrial traits that you'd want in a mate when you're thinking about like a person as a provider. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, so like being rich isn't like top on your list and her quip back is like a man like that is never poor <laughs> can you say that in her accent please oh i don't even know i don't know that i could but you're welcome to try i'm sorry i just i just wanted to see it <laughs> yeah no i can't but so, so they develop this flirtation and throughout the rest of that season it's like a will they won't they kind of thing i think he kisses her oh that's what's hot he like so this is what I'm saying where it's like there's 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 stuff here that's not great. Like basically they, mm. like he traps her into a kiss. I think in a similar in the, either the same scene I was just describing or a scene immediately after it where like she keeps trying to like dodge what's happening between them. So he like staples her like they're like putting up decorations for this wedding and he like staples her blouse or something like to the wall so she can't move. <laughs> and then he kisses her, which is like that's not great. <laughs> but, you know, we're supposed to swoon like, oh, he's so determined. I mean, it, it was of the time, man. It was. Yeah. Yeah, we're supposed so, to think that's funny. And we did. I did. I mean, we thought until, it was cute. To this day, yeah. I still think it's cute. Like, that's my that's my flaw. I want it. I want Amanda Staple me to a wall, you know. <laughs> um, and so so then he goes away for the summer to get this uh, Japanese internship because he's an engineering student and he gets like this computer science engineering gig. In, J- in Japan for the summer. Maybe it was in New York. But whatever. It was definitely a Japanese company. Not sure if it was in Japan that summer. But he goes away. And they wind up on the same flight back to Hillman. This is now the beginning of season four. They wind up, they wind up on the same flight back to Hillman. And she can barely recognize him because he's like three-piece suited, looking all debonair. Yes. He goes through like a Stefan Urkel transformation. He's like <laughs> looking real good. And she and she's like tripping over herself like, whoa, like what's happening here? You know? Actually, no, no, no. Everything I was just describing is season two. Beginning of season mm. three, he comes back from Japan with this, like, debonair-esque whatever. She strings him along that whole season. Will they, won't they? Now we're at the top of season four where he goes to Japan that summer again to work again with this firm. But then he comes back with a half-Japanese girlfriend, <gasps> And, of course, the way it works, you know, of course, Whitley wasn't ready for him until he was with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Like, and she's like prancing around his apartment. She, co- she, she lives across from him now. And she like comes over 
wearing like the tiniest little like black and white maid uniform, like literally like ass hanging out, like with little little fluffer thing, the duster, like an arm, like little mat, ma- like maid hat, like just looking ridiculous, and bending over where you can basically see up her ass, like oh just God. like being ridiculous. And um, he's like, he's like, babe, you're driving me crazy. Like this can't stand. Like you have to, you have to leave. But then she and Kinu get in this like big fight. Like it's pretty, it's almost physical. Like they're about to throw down over Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> and you think he's gonna break for Kinu, but he basically tells Kinu like, Kinu, I need you to leave. <laughs> like I need to talk to Whitley. All that to say, like it doesn't go the way that you think it will. He breaks up with Kinu. He finally gets with Whitley. Then they have a tortured romance. Then they get engaged because now they're at the end of college and it's like, will we stay together? Will we not? So they get engaged so they don't have to confront that question. And then they have a rushed engagement happening too soon. And uh, he gets cold feet and kisses someone else. And then their engagement comes to an end. And I'm devastated. This is the aforementioned cheating. Yes. This is now season five. Okay. And season five... Whitley moves on. She starts dating Olivia Pope's dad from Scandal, which is like <laughs> weird to say. Um, he's like an iconic actor whose name is escaping me right now. But anyway, so he's so she starts dating him and he's a state senator. He's like running or he's a state senator electoral candidate. Like he's running for state senate. And he's everything that she's ever wanted. I mean, it's like perfect guy for Whitley. Stature, political ambition. Like, you know, we'll have her at a gala every night. But she can't let her little feelings for her first love, Dwayne, go. But he knows what he's dealing with. So state senator dude proposes almost immediately, kind of forcing Dwayne to shit her get off the pot. And so at her mm. wedding to the state senator, Dwayne Wayne breaks up the wedding. I'm in the most forward. iconic scene ever. He's like, baby, please. It's like so fucking hot. <laughs> and she runs to him. They're together. And then that's pretty much how the series ends. I mean, they have a whole other season where they like walk through the first months of their marriage. And they have a baby, right? Well, they get the series does end with her announcing she's pregnant. Okay. Got it. And um, but not we but not the baby. The baby hasn't come yet. It honestly should have gone on for so much longer. Like looking back and realizing it was only six seasons, I feel robbed. Carsey Werner Productions, you fucked up. <laughs> I needed this to at least get to 10, you know? I have a question for you. This brings up a question. Yeah. And you can, you can, you may decline if, if you so choose. Okay. To answer this question. What do you think would have happened if Lisa Bonet had stayed on the show? Ugh. Oh, no. Ugh. What a question. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't even know. Like, like Lisa Bonet and Dwayne Wayne would have never had chemistry. Yeah. Or sorry, Lisa Bonet don't. and Kadeem Hardison, rather, would have never had chemistry. They don't. They, like, from day one, they don't. To be honest with you, like, Lisa Bonet, in my mind, doesn't really have chemistry with anyone. Like, she's hot in and of herself. But I don't think I've ever seen her in a role romantically where I'm like, oh, like, sparks are flying off the screen. Even the idea of her with Lenny Kravitz, it's like, I like the idea of them. Yeah, I don't actually want to see them together. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I, I'm with, I'm with you. Did you ever see High Fidelity? Do you remember her in High Fidelity? Um, I saw it like a bajillion years ago, but I did see, which is maybe maybe you know this. I did see the remake last year the with remake her daughter, with Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. yeah, which which was really good actually, and also featuring Ben Kingsley, who was just in um, One Night in Miami, oh. and all that. 
Because mm-hmm. I feel like she's supposed to be playing this like, I don't not She's not like a vixen character. She's she's definitely not a vixen character. But there is something like just very free and sexual about her character. But I still and, and like she and the John Cusack character like end up hooking up because they, they have this like instant chemistry and they, you know, and she talks about like sex being a basic human right or whatever. I don't know. I feel like that's that might be like the most sexual I've ever seen her. My sense of what people like about her is that she feels elusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something mysterious like, about like her. it's like the, it's like the not getting her. Yeah, she's like unknowable thing. and oh, like yeah, un- yeah, yeah. There but, is you know, something actually, like constantly. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Her and Jason Momoa, they are hot together. I need yeah, to just yeah. that, that's a that's all. I don't that's know. That's a why hot. Like, that's a hot. Like couple. they. Yeah, but it's. But interestingly, I feel like he's doing the sexual work of the couple, right? Like, he is just a beat. He is just a beast. He's deeply sexual, yeah. <laughs> like, everything about him is just like, sex. Yeah. <laughs> she gets to benefit from his orb of sexuality. <laughs> but anyway. Well said. I don't want to think about a world where she stayed on the show, because then Whitley probably wouldn't have gotten all the shine that she got. That's or may- true. Or maybe it would have been like a Dawson's Creek thing, where like... Lisa Bonet would have stayed around, but they would have realized she's not the but one to pin like, no, the yeah. show on. Exactly. <laughs> and then it still becomes the Whitley and Dwayne show, but then we have to watch Lisa Bonet be a character or Denise yeah. be a character. You know who I love on the show who, who never gets enough shine is Kim, who? Kimberly Reese. I love her. She debuts season two. I like her, yeah. Okay. Um, I love her. Her hair is always fly. She actually reminds me a lot of a friend of mine that I went to college with who was also pre-med oh. and so was super like studious and just like was in there to get a degree that was going to lead to an MD. I like her love affair later on with Ron. She gets with Ron later on in the series. Someone else we need to pour one out for is Shaka Zulu. He is Freddie's boyfriend in later seasons and played by Gary Dorden, who was an oh. iconic love. He was an iconic love for me. I actually made bookmarks in high school that were like Gary Dorden, <laughs> like with his like long blonde locks <laughs> and just like being fine as hell. Like, just, I, it was like this. It was right when like the internet was like starting to become a like com- like common thing, and so I had like a you know like I was able to like print out an image I probably found on like geo sites or whatever. Geo site, geo cities, geo cities, Thank you. GeoCities and like I printed out this black and white iconic imagery and then laminated it. I had Gary Dorden bookmarks. I first saw Gary Dorden in the again video for Janet. Yeah. That was was when his face debuted in my life. I thought you were going to say in the like straight to video movie Twa. Thank God you didn't say that. What? Straight to video? (laughs) Is it a threesome movie? Yeah. Yeah. How did I know? Because it was a French title and the title was three. It sounded like some, you know, some French softcore porn bullshit. Is it that is. what it was? Yeah. It's with him. Well, then I'm going to watch um, it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know who else is in it? The, um, what's her name from Real Housewives of Atlanta? Um, Kenya. Oh, wow. Kenya Moore. I don't know any of Back the... Back when uh, she was an early actress. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know any of the Real Housewives situations. Sadly, you've been you've been spared. I haven't been though, because I feel like it would br- they would bring me great joy. Like it's never too late. You can definitely yeah. Look, we are about to be in this pandemic for a whole other year. There's plenty of time to watch. Sure are. Sure <laughs> are. I, I I'm actually not like I'm not well versed in Real Housewives anything. 
I just catch the like stuff that spills over into Facebook commentary when like friends of ours like post whatever. So that's why I kind of friends of ours have like a very yeah exactly. (laughs) Hey Chris, he's like he's like the media commentator of our life. Like he's he is, which is why I was so mad. He like he like went on this whole thing. He hates Malcolm and Marie that just came out, and he like went on the whole thing about it. Why does he hate it? He just thinks it like lacks substance and is like trying too hard. And a lot of some people have had like beef with the casting because like they didn't cast an older actress or an actress like closer to what's his face's age. Washington's Um, age. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is like I mean, but that's that's fucking everywhere. You know what I mean? And Zendaya is like a phenomenal performer. Oh, my God. They get they get eviscerated in this review that was in Vulture today. It's so funny because I feel like the whole film is meant to be be like this meta critique of film critics in so many ways. And then like, I guess that pissed off film critics. (laughs) How? Why? I'm sorry. Just uh, explain that more. The how it's. So the whole film centers on the night of uh, the opening night of his of uh, Washington's um, character, Malcolm, his new film. And. He's already so preoccupied, understandably so, I guess, like with how the film's going to be received as a black filmmaker because he makes the argument that like black film can never be consumed without it being considered political work. Mm. And why can't we just like let the film be mm-hmm. art? Yeah. And not, and not always artist politics or kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then that and then that and then that's been read publicly because, you know, the writer is Sam Levinson, who's white. And so the film has been criticized for using black actors to elevate like a white critique of film and film criticism. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, interesting. It's, That's really so, interesting. So, so anyway, so then you read this Vulture article and you're like, yo, 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 like tone it down. Like honestly, it's like one of the most, it honestly, it, okay. So the film, and, and then the film is, 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 is a three hour fight but in the in this couple it's three um, hours it's like over two hours i think yeah okay. for sure yeah it's like it feels like it feels like if it's if it's not three hours because i was like, like if it's three it hours like three like, hours it only takes place like in the house oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like three like, it's like three hours of monologue and dialogue you know close shots on the two actors for like three hours or whatever i ordinarily eat that shit up like i just want to name that like that i'm usually yeah yeah, yeah. and they know and they know that, that like and, yeah. and that's another reason why it's getting why it's getting why it's getting criticized because it's like yeah. oh you're doing you're doing all of the things you do doing in a all romantic like, drama like, yeah. yeah 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 exactly it's like check are, are they just like that's why like, when like, i saw the trailer i was like god damn it like i'm gonna be a sucker for this even though i recognize that it's like manipulating me <laughs> Exactly. It's like black and white. You know, yeah. it's just like all these things. Anyway. Pretentious. Um, that's the word. It's pretentious. Exactly. And yeah. or considered pretentious. And so the whole show, the whole film, though, is this drawn out argument because he leaves her out of his thank you speech. Oh, which has multiple oh. layers. I won't get into them. Get into yeah. them in a minute for you. But all of that's I, like I mean, I want to watch just, it. Yeah. Well, that's like the gist of whatever. And throughout the throughout the movie, though, people that have watched it are just like, whoa, like this is super traumatic to watch because it's just like of a relationship. Like it's just like the ugliest fight you have with a partner, kind of like mm. um, the movie from last year with a marriage story. Yeah. But, you know, there's scenes in there where it's like, ouch, like I've, I've seen that scene, which has yeah. also been made fun of to death. <laughs> yeah. So, so it has. So it has. So, so imagine that scene being the whole movie, though. 
So you think it's the kind of thing where like people, it's like, uh, like I, I don't want to see that because it's like not something I want to. Every 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 reaction is on the table. Some people, some people, yeah. some people are like, I this is triggering because I've been in relationships yeah. like this, and so this feels like reliving trauma. Yeah. There are people who are like more esoteric, like Metacritic thing that I was talking about before, where it's like critiquing the like meta dialogue of what's happening in the film in relationship mm-hmm. to film criticism and everything yeah. in between. But uh, this vulture fucking review feels just as abusive as the fucking movie. I'm like. Mm. like really like I just feel like there it did not need to read the way it reads like it's honestly just like I'm gonna read it. The, it, was, it was one of the cruelest things I ever I, I just felt like it was like wow cruel, like cruel I was like what like really vulture like how like you're like y'all are that mad like you're like y'all are mad mad like y'all are just gonna shit on these actors and their craft and everything like damn mm. the uh wow the title of it the title of that article. Yeah, 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 yeah. The utter, utter, the utter <laughs> emotional inauthenticity this is what of I'm Netflix's Malcolm this, and Marie. This, this is what I'm trying God to tell you. God damn. Like, who are you, Angelica Jade Bassett? Because, like, damn. You, hate, you hate yourself. <laughs> no, you're right. It's like, what, what is, like, what is really happening here? Like, underneath, <laughs> underneath the vitriol. That you have for this movie. The utter. I'm sorry. If you put the word utter in your title, like in the title of your review, you got you got some some stuff happening. Malcolm and Marie is a failure <laughs> on nearly every level. Like, God damn. God damn. Angelica, <laughs> God damn. I just I can't get over the use of the word utter in the title. Like I really can't. I just she. The, this the, is the honestly a masterclass must... essay. It's I mean <laughs> aside from it being like just a total shit shitting on of the film. Like you know as a structural device, like as a as a as a craft, as an essay, as an essay, it is hitting craft. I mean every fucking paragraph has a strong ass fucking topic sentence backed up by claims. With a conclusion, you know, con- a conclusion, a concluding sentence. You know, it's just like it's high on form. It's just high. But on here's form. here's why I'm really intrigued because in Google, the second the second result is also a vulture article that that's title is "Let's Ponder Zendaya's Mac and Cheese and Malcolm and Marie." Oh yeah, and then there's all the Twitter shit. People are pissed about the the first ten minutes of the film. Where they come home from the event and she immediately whips up Kraft Mac and Cheese. What? And it's like the middle of the night, you know, 1 a.m. Yeah. And they're like, in what household do two black people come home at 2 a.m. and make mac and cheese on the stove? Like, so there's so, so the, so, so, so moving forward, even this title, the utter emotional inauthenticity of Netflix, Malcolm and Marie goes further. People are just like, the whole thing is inauthentic because like black people would yeah. do that. Like all and the I, behaviors, like full stop, like all the are like inauthentic and not yeah. based in reality. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually would love if you watch this today so we could talk about it. Because, I will. Like, no, I'm totally like inspired so to watch this now and I need to watch it so that I can read this article and I yeah. need to read this article. So I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we should tonight. talk. I mean... I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it later. Um, Great. As we are we are we are coming up on an hour. Took a little foray into Malcolm and Marie. We're gonna Sorry. keep it. It stays in the app. It stays in the app because it's, it's just it's so current. timely. It's it so is yeah. current. 
what else do we have to say about a different world and its and its wondrousness? Um, we can call the episode the utter <laughs> appreciation <laughs> of HBCU culture. Yes. And black excellence on a different world. I love it. And I mean, we haven't really given Debbie Allen her flowers here, but like, oh, I, I mean, Debbie she really Allen. was the creative force behind the show, and it's fucking amazing. Like, she's she was the amazing. creative force about yeah behind so many things. Yeah. Um, and still, like, don't quote me on this, but I, but still, I believe runs her dance school, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Um, just iconic cultural force, um, especially in like the New York City area. If our love of a different world is is complete for this episode, what are we talking about next week? Is it Whitney? Whitney Houston? That's From perfect. Whitley to Whitney, because she just had a biopic, another one, come out yesterday what? on Lifetime. I'm gonna watch it. So Whitney, um, yes. Oh, that was that was me being on the nose because that's pretty close to, to the anniversary of her death. That was hard. That was good a, for that was you. a lot. I mean, but but good for you. That's very well thought out. And then we do Insecure. Oh, my God. Yeah. The rest of the month's about to be fucking amazing. It's going to be lit. <laughs> it's going to be L-I-T lit. Wit House. Wit House. I'm so <laughs> excited. I'm, I'm so excited. I Nip think it. we need to, like, I'm going to have to dig into some, like, Spotify situations in this next week. I honestly think I might have a nervous breakdown during our next one. Like, Really? I, I, I think I said before, <laughs> like, I am. hope... I, I hold a lot of energy that I don't go into deeply around my feelings around Whitney Houston. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Didn't know that until just now. And I'm looking forward to learning. Well, I just think that. so much of her tragedy is about her. Oh, in her sexuality? Her, her, her sexual. Yeah. Yes. I felt that. So it's interesting because I, I mean, we can, we can save a lot of this for next week. But I didn't. Just to give y'all a preview. I... I think because of how young we were when she was like really, you know, skyrocketing, I didn't or and I th- I think I was just not plugged into the the rumors around her sexuality because I genuinely had no idea until I saw one of the first documentaries. Um is it the one Can I Be Me? Is that is that what it's called? Um I don't know. I didn't know until well into my adulthood either. Yeah, I, I didn't know until like one of the docs was at Tribeca and I was like, oh, I'll go see that. That sounds really interesting. And then the whole doc was about her sexuality and I left feeling like, yeah, like just deeply triggered and like, holy fucking shit. Like she's like clearly like the subtext of this entire movie is that she was never accepted. She couldn't accept herself like because of her sexuality and that's cosine. Like, and it's better. And actually that that resonates we'll save this for next week last thing i'll say is like i actually feel like every time i watch a whitney thing i leave the experience feeling the same exact way i did when i saw brokeback mountain the first time like that's where it is for me and i'm sure a lot of it has to do with the fact that she's a black woman and this is totally her hidden sort of um or like you know uh, not accepted self or whatever it just fucks me up like in a whole totally and and how how astronomically high the stakes were for her because of how fucking famous she was and how she was carrying this like image that was placed onto her. Yeah. You know, in order to like, in order for her to better like cross over into white audiences and like all this stuff. It's just like, 
Well, it's I mean, black people would have chewed her up and spit her out too. Let's well, be clear. Yeah, Homophobia. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially because she has a like gospel singing mother. Just oh, so much. Yes. Yeah. I, I was really troubled by the relationship with her parents in that documentary. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, all I was bad. so upset. It, it, was, oh, it, was, it was so upsetting. I was just like, wow, like, where was she getting that, like, unconditional acceptance, you know? Nowhere. Nowhere. Except maybe from Bobby. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe from Robin. I don't know. Um, So, yeah, Whitney Houston, fucking icon, next week. But in the meantime, watch A Different World. It was taken off of, I think it used to be on Hulu, but it's not on there anymore. Now it's only on Amazon Prime. Yes, I've been watching it on Prime for years. Oh, so okay. much so that it's like always in my like top like continue watching because it's like always watch this again. That's like me with like Pose, <laughs> like Pose and Big Mouth. It's just like watch it again, Caitlin. You've watched it five times in the last like six months. Give it another go. 